The Forum at 8 on SAFM. What do you think about the new law that requires children under the age of three to be secured in a car seat? But before we get into the discussion, our producer Ronald Peary took to the streets of Johannesburg to ask parents about their views on this matter. I think it's long overdue, considering the many innocent lives that we've lost on our roads. But it's never too late. I fully support it. You find parents on a safety belt and the child is all over the place. What do you call that? I call it negligence. I hope this law is also extended to minibus taxis. Personally, I think it's something good, but because I've got a child and sometimes we travel around, for me, um, I normally choose to put my child on my lap because I feel more safe when she's on my lap. And the fact that car seats are very expensive. So all of us can't afford car seats, but personally, I would say I would rather choose to put my child on my lap than to put her in a car seat. It's a bit an awkward uh, uh, way of dealing with things. You know, it caught us in a tight corner where if you do have about uh, five kids, small kids, you have to buy at least five different kinds of seats then uh, it becomes a problem to us as parents because uh, these seats are very expensive in the first place. So uh, they need to have maybe the prices lower, maybe we can afford to buy. I think it's a great idea. We need it because I see every day our children are standing in the cars, they're not sitting, they don't have seat belts on, and it is so dangerous, but they don't want to listen. No, I don't think it's necessary. Because as a driver, I used to put the uh, city belt each and every time, but the passengers, they don't put their city belt. There's no driver that can force them to put the, the city belt. I, I feel good because it's safer for the baby and also for the parents because most of the time the parents that are running the cars and the accident, it should be happen anyway, but the car seat for the babies is good. So on the forum at 8 this morning, uh, we ask, what do you think about the new law that children under the age of three must be strapped in specialized car seats? That's what we're dealing with this morning. And our guest, Advocate Marcosinium Sibi, who is the CEO of the Road Traffic Management Corporation. Thanks for your time this morning, Mr. Msibi. Good morning and good morning to the listeners. And we're also joined uh, by uh, Carol Smith, uh, South Africans Against Drunk Driving on the line. Thanks for your time as well, Ms. Smith. It's a pleasure. Good morning, Sakina and Nikesh. Now, um, Advocate Msibi, let me start with you. I think most South Africans, uh, by all indications, are not opposed to this law, but I think what they are saying is perhaps that uh, this hasn't been thought through quite enough. But let's just start by looking at uh, this law and what precipitated um, uh, you know, its regulation at this point. Um, Sakina, I, I think the process has been thoroughly thought through. If you have been following the statistics and the accidents in South Africa, we seem to be losing a lot of young children. And precisely when car uh, collides as well as when the car rolls over, the child is not protected and they are the first to die. Because uh, other people are secured by safety belts. And research has shown that safety belts do... uh, to a greater extent, play a role in minimizing the accidents. So should it be with the children, because we have been losing 
up to 70% of the young kids precisely for not bundling up. So it's important that we have these child restraint seats to ensure that we mitigate and prohibit unnecessary deaths and unwarranted deaths of our youth. We need these kids and we have to do everything possible to protect them. And um, the law is only as good as uh, the enforcement uh, that uh, follows it. So how exactly will this be enforced? Well, well, the law is very clear, or the regulations. It says when the child is traveling in a vehicle, the child at an age less than three or five shall be in a child screen seat. That's very clear. But I know what would be the issue, the question of affordability, the question of the fact that most of the South Africans are traveling to public transport, does the law apply to public transport? Mm-hmm. And necessarily you'll see in terms of the regulation and the law, for now there is an exclusion in relation to the public transport. Why? Well, Shakira, you know that in terms of the taxes, we come through a process of recapitalization. We had said specs in terms of homologation, what a taxi should comply with. And during those specs, well, we didn't take into account the process. So this process will also be coming through to the taxi operators as we are dealing with the homologation. And I know, and the public is also aware, that currently the department is revisiting the issue of public transport, and that will be done as a package to ensure that compliance it's completely dealt at that at that particular stage. But uh, the, and 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 this is one of the things uh, you know uh, when speaking to people when they said it probably wasn't well thought through was one of the issues that came up quite strongly the fact that public transport uh, would be exempt from this. Do you have any statistics uh, with regard to the number of children who actually perish on our roads annually and you know how many of those are in private vehicles, how many of those are in uh, public transport, and also you know just uh, comparing that to other the causes of death in children under the age of three, for example? Initially, if you look in terms of our statistics and the analysis, in terms of the carnage in relation to children under the age of three or who are about three years old, 70% there too die simply because of the fact of uh, the safety belt or the child restraint seat. Well, the statistics varies from time to time, but we constantly monitor that. But at the end of the day, we have come to a conclusive evidence that taking all those statistics throughout the years and throughout the months, all indications point to the fact that we could have avoided the mortality rate in relation to the uh, children under the age of three if we would apply the child restraint seats. And it is on those basis that we couldn't wait any longer. But Shakira, it's important that we should also point out that if you, leave, if you then look at the statistics that we had during the Easter season, 40% of the, of the accidents were accounted to private, private vehicles as opposed to public vehicles. And if you look in terms of the public vehicles against the notion that people always have that the public transport is a major contributory factor, and it doesn't, it, it's not so. It's only um, mainly the people traveling in private vehicles. So it therefore means that you need to prioritize. 
And the question will then be asked, which of course is it, it's very, very uh, inconsiderate or ill-conceived to say, if the pedestrians are also part of the higher number of, 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 of that contributes to our road fatalities, why not uh, a child extend or whatever? So naturally, you can't do that. But all that we are saying, we're prioritizing those areas that we can make an intervention. And there will be different interventions at different intervals. Mm. And, then, and, and then, of course, uh, the issue of cost. And, and a lot has been said, a lot has been spoken about the cost of the actual car seat. But um, what about families who may find themselves with three kids um, under the age of three who all need car seats and they just have a simple sedan uh, which can only accommodate two car seats? What happens then? Shakira, we, we, we are quite quick to deal with the cost. Do we ever imagine the cost in relation to the fact that you are losing a soul at a tender age, the emotional uh, strain, the emotional shock, and that costs more than anything to purchase a, a child-restrained seat. And, and it's, it's, it's quite clear. That's why the age has gone to, to, to the age of three, except when you have twins or you have triplets. But necessarily the number becomes very less where you can have three children at the age of three, naturally meaning that you procreate every year and give delivery to a child every year. So the law has been thoroughly put through. It has gone to the uh, It has aligned itself with the scientific research. It has aligned itself with the medical research. So to that effect, we are saying that it is a necessity. It is we can't wait another day in not dealing with this. And the cost that we're talking about, it's a minimal cost, comparatively speaking, to the life that you normally lose. And Shakira, let me also deal with this matter. Most of the children, we deprive them their lives at the tender stage. Because some of them, arising of the car accidents, they, perma- they are permanently disabled. And what is the cost associated to that situation when we could have avoided this matter? And I think we must also take this issue and the spiraling effect that it has on the economy, that it has on the emotional trauma, that it also has on parents. Because these are the gifts that God has given us. It might be the last child that God has given unto you. And if you are not jealously guarding that child, you you too are to blame. And, and, and I don't think many people will argue with that. In fact, I, I don't think anyone is arguing with that. But if their reality is that they do have three children under the age of three and they only have a little sedan and cannot fit a third seat, what do they actually do? And, 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 and that is a reality that we cannot run away from, um, Advocate Msibi. But also, here's a question before I go uh, to uh, Carol. What about people who give lifts to uh you know, family members or just, uh, you know, other people who do have children with them under the age of three? Would they still be fine? Well, we we will. We will because we always say road safety is everybody's business. It's not government alone business. Until all of us, and in particular drivers and owner of vehicles, take responsibility of the vehicle. And this is the point that we, the minister has been emphasizing as well as the deputy minister, is the fact that um, we tend to believe 
that road safety it's only uh, should also be led should only be led by government. We don't see the role of the public and the entire populace. It is our joint responsibility, and it is now within the responsibility and within the obligation. You know that if you have the obligation, you have to weigh the pros and the cons and begin to prioritize. Am I going to be giving a lift to a family when I don't have the requisite and the necessary amenities that will ensure that I'm compliant? So that's the decision that we must all take, and that's the responsibility that we must all take. Well, um, that is what we're talking about this morning. Um, we are asking you uh, the question, what do you think about the new law that requires children under the age of three to be secured in a car seat? And we are joined now by Carol Smith uh, of South Africans Against Drunk Driving. Carol, you must be uh, very happy with this new law. We certainly are, Sakina. We have been working together with Drive More Safety, Will Will, Perial Automobile Association to get this law passed for a long time. So we are thrilled. We also work with World Health Organization and the United Nations, and we're running a campaign at the moment called Save Kids' Lives. And one of the main things they're saying is that the children are dying at very unnatural rates, and especially young children. And the main thing that will help them is seatbelts. Now, I just want to say, Advocate and CD, and I'm afraid I'm taking you up on this point again. World Health and the United Nations have asked that they are not called accidents because they are not accidents. It is not an accident that the child goes through the windscreen and becomes brain damaged. It is not an accident that the child is thrown out the car. When these crashes occur and the child is not buckled up, there is a reason for it. So please, can we change the language to show that we care and call them crashes? But Sakima, sorry, getting back to the whole thing about yes, it really is very, very important to have the right seats at the right age because if a child is in the incorrect seat and um, if they have an adult seatbelt on them, they can break their necks so, or they can have, have different damage, damage to their intestine. And the other thing I heard that lady saying, she feels much safer if she's holding the child. If you are in a crash, the gravitational force, what happens when you have a crash, the car stops dead if it, say, hits a big rock. You carry on traveling at the, at the speed that the car was going. So if the car was going 100 kilometers, you continue at 100 kilometers. That 9-kilogram child at, going, at, at having a crash at only 30 kilometers becomes over 500 kilograms in weight. person cannot physically hold on to the child. So you cannot hold on to a child. And, and you know, the thing is, we, we, have to, we have to really make sure that it's enforced. Advocate and CB managed to avoid your question very, very carefully about what are you going to do about the enforcement. Mm. At the moment, we work with World Health, and they have scored South Africa on enforcement, with 10 being good enforcement and 0 being bad enforcement. We score 1 out of 10 in seatbelt enforcement, and that is really for adults. When we're looking at children being enforced, nobody is enforcing children, you know, even above three being enforced. So just changing a law will make no difference at all. So we really are calling on traffic officers, SACs, and everybody to change this. And advocate on CB, please, not 90% um, um, concentration on speed. Speed is not causing 90% of the deaths. We want, we want the concentration to be on seatbelts 
and drink driving. And I mean, Sakina, yesterday I was driving along and next to me a car stopped. It was a Department of Transport car. There were three people in it who were not buckled up. I asked them to roll down their window. I spoke to them very nicely and said, I'm terribly sorry, but you're Department of Transport and you're not buckled up in the front and back. Do you know it's the law? They said yes. So I said, could you please buckle up and set an example? They said no. And I said, well, you know, that's fine. And I went and I reported them. And it's the same. I have been speaking to General Ria Piecha many, many times to say that the police, less than 4% of the police are buckled up. And they are voluntary traffic officers. They, they, they act as traffic officers after hours. If the police are not buckling up or finding people, if the municipality, I mean, the municipality police in Peter Maritzburg, we did research, 14% of them only are buckled up in town. 54% of people working at Department of Transport were buckled up. You know, so, so we're asking RTMC and the Department of Transport and SAP to get their house in order and then to enforce this, this, this rule, because apart from saving, as you said, I mean, the, the, the terrible trauma of having a paralyzed child or, or knowing that you killed your child because, because you didn't buckle him up, is the fact that it also costs our hospitals, our economy. Think of the trauma to, these, to the paramedics who are having to pick up these people who are flung out of the vehicle all the time. Mm. You say, crash. Six, you know, four people evicted or dead. If they inside the vehicle, they are securely buckled up, um, and it just means there's less chance of them dying. So what happens is if, say, a father's buckled up, a mother's not buckled up, the children are in the back, the car rolls, that mother and those children become missiles that fly around the car and kill or severely injure everybody. So the, the very important thing is everyone to be buckled up. And Indeed. what they do in Australia, and we need to do the same in South Africa, if you can afford a car, you should be able, and you can afford to put petrol in it, you then have to afford to, to um, get a seatbelt. In Australia, if there is no seatbelt, you don't go, you're not allowed to go in that vehicle. And you then, whatever, catch a bus or whatever. So mm. we, need, we need to implement that to save lives. At the moment, we're not preventing, we're being reactive. If there's a crash, all the Department of Transport and RTNC and everyone go there to investigate the crash, but let's prevent the crashes happening. And, and one of the main ways of bringing us into the decade of action, we, South Africa, signed a commitment to get our deaths down by 50% by 2020. And at the moment, our deaths are going up dramatically. So if we just implemented and find people right now, we would achieve our goal. So basically, as I said, the most important thing is, to, is for children to really be secured properly in the correct seat. You know, the thing with a young child, especially a baby under one, their head is extremely fragile. And the other thing about it, the head is very large. So the large size means that the body is out of proportion and so the child can be flung forward and, and injured. But the, yeah, and so from what we have been doing, our research, we have found the seatbelt wearing rate with children is exceptionally, exceptionally low. And people will only do what they can because they are allowed to. So as we said in Australia, 
you get fined exceptionally um, high in terms of money terms if, if anyone is not buckled up. And so what has changed is that people now buckle up. And then once you start to buckle up, you start to feel more secure. And then the deaths go down, the cost to the health system goes down, everything goes down. So people's behavior only changes. Initially they say, oh, no, this is terrible, they're being a many state. But then afterwards they realize that, that it's important. Because, you know, Sakina, if you're in a crash and you're not unconscious, you can't get out of the burning car. But if you are buckled up, there's less chance of being unconscious. So you'll be, be able to unbuckle and get up. And the other thing I always say, people say, oh, but can't, you know, seatbelts are so uncomfortable. I say, can you imagine how uncomfortable it, it will be to be in, in a wheelchair? Mm. All right, Carol, thanks so much. Let's go to the lines now, uh, 0891-104-208. Peter and Matthew, uh, thank you so much to both of you for your patience. But let's start with you, uh, Peter, in Durban. Oh, thank you, and uh, we thank God for this uh, long overdue topic. Really, you know, it's, um, I was listening to um, my opening, um, my, you know, survey, which I put ahead, and then the one lady was saying that, you know, it's expensive and stuff. I really, really just uh, want to uh, also agree with, uh, with our lady here. Because if you can afford to drive a car, definitely a, a seat, you can afford a seat. But what I really, really see, um, I won't even irony here, is that all these things, I know, they're lacking enforcement. And if you look at the 500 rand, up to 500 rand, what is that? Okay, now, I think if they take drastic measures more, I think really, really, that's a, a really, really small amount. They should actually put more on it. Because if you look at it, if we, 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 we take things like, for example, if, if as, as um, um, a credit payer, you are not paying your, your accounts, you get blacklisted and stuff. Which means they're taking measures to actually make you not to want to do that. So if it's your child now, I'm, I'm sure your child is more than paying an account. They should actually be serious measures. Even after jail time, I believe that kind of that norm. There should even be jail time for negligence. Because we are actually seeing, you know, and, and also the other one, I um, uh, think that's funny. When you ask a parent, like you saw by the robot, you ask them, why is the child not doubted? Because you are doubted. The parent will say that, no, the child is crying. So, and I'm like, I'm a father of a child, right? I would rather hear the child cry for two, three minutes when, they're, when I'm putting them in a belt rather than for them to die when, or maybe potentially get injured. Thank mm. you so much. Thank you so much, Peter. Staying in Durban, Matthew, good morning. Yes, thank you so much, and thanks for an awesome show. I think congratulations is due to the advocate for installing this new law, and I think it's a brilliant, brilliant idea. Um, my only concern, as Peter mentioned, is the actual fine of 500 rand. Is that sufficient as far as I'm concerned? If you're having kids, you're responsible for them, and with that comes all the protection that you as a parent should do. So if people are going to be stupid and make excuses about not affording car seats and that kind of nonsense, well, then you shouldn't have kids, and you shouldn't have five of them if you can't have a car big enough to accommodate them. So planning. But secondly, is 500 rand enough? I think if you're going to have a child and you're going to allow them to stand on the seats, uh, that's attempted murder because unfortunately that child will actually be killed uh, when it goes to the windscreen. So a file in the rain is not really sufficient. They should be held up for attempted murder and have to explain themselves and then face the consequences. Thank you so much, Matthew. And Durban, uh, some very, very strong views there from Matthew. What do you make of that? Uh, let me run through some of the messages coming through. Dan says, I've seen adults driving with kids standing in the front seat, dads with kids on their laps and smoking. That part also sickens me. KGM says, this particular law is long overdue. I've seen children hit dashboards and windscreens because they were not uh, safely strapped in. Wilson says, uh, children ought to be in child seats. It's just unfortunate that most parents cannot 
cannot afford them. What about taxis? And uh, you heard what the response was there with regard to taxis. Sykes says, uh, you hit the nail on the head. Good law, but the affordability factor. And now, uh, which begs the question, who are the car seat manufacturers? And of course, how are they going to benefit from this? Fox and Caesar says, uh, it's a good initiative. We all know uh, for what reason, but I suggest that government must help communities in terms of affordability. And quite a few people um, echoing that sentiment. Pamela says, uh, poor farm women with babies in areas where there's no public transport are in trouble because from now on, there'll be no lifts for them. And Beloved says, how does a squatter camp living RDP uh, uh, owning 1992 jazz uh, Taz owner with four kids buy a car seat with the 4,500 rand that he gets? Those are some of the tweets. Let's run to the SMSs. Um, if people think a car seat is too expensive, they should be charged for medical bills when their kid is injured. It will uh, give expensive a whole new meaning. That's from Will in Cape Town. This one says, we're just lazy if we don't invent and produce cheaper child uh, safety straps uh, that are more easily installed in any car so we don't pay the high prices for imported baby seats. Uh, Neil Parker in Port Elizabeth says, uh, "Who cannot? you cannot put a value on a life, rather, no matter what. That's from Neil Parker in PE. Thomas says, that caller said uh, you need five different seats for five kids. Uh, when will you have a program on procreating like crazy? Um, TP in Kempton Park, safety belts save lives. Big up to the new law. Kids' car seats are expensive, but kids' lives are precious and priceless. KMR says, Sakina, people want to argue about what is not arguable. If you do not love your child, then do not buy a car seat. And Singo in Makado says, would you please ask your guest, what about public transport? Will they be required to have those car seats? Or are we as passengers, uh, do we need to bring one for our kids? So those are some of the questions coming through, and uh, there are more. But let's just get to the issues raised by the callers. Um, Peter saying, you know, 500 rand, and uh, Matthew also concurring with that, saying it's too little, and perhaps there needs to be stricter punishment, uh, advocate. Um, it's, quite, it's, quite, it's quite impressive, and I'm humbled by the comments of the South Africans in relation to this topic and the subject. Um but there are a number of issues that have been raised, particularly the issue of the fine. And all of us agree, but it should be seen in the context, because the minister has been very clear on this matter, that we are working jointly with the Department of Justice, as well as, the, and as, well as our courts, to review the penalties. It should be done in a holistic approach. We are the first to agree that the fines that are imposed on any on any of the transgressions of our of our traffic laws are minimal. And we are the first to say, let's step up the fines so that people should take note that we have come to a point where we can't accept mediocrity, where we can't accept lawlessness. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I just want to uh, put this one to you again. You know, uh, the question, it's amazing how many times, even though you have in part addressed it, people are still concerned about the issue of public transport and taxis and why they should be exempt. If you're going to apply the law, some are saying you, you, you shouldn't be selective in doing so. It should apply across the board. Shakira, I've, I've been very clear that the public transport process and the legislation that we promulgated in relation to the tax rate capitalization, 
it had this particular program in the particular process. Key to the process, we set norms and standards to the homologation process that a safe taxi will have all these features from the tire to the seat, the seat belt, as well as the seating arrangement. We quite appreciate at this point in time that in relation to the legislation, it has temporarily come up with an exception because you are, de- you are then revisiting the process of the taxi compliance, and you wouldn't want to do it piecemeal. And I've said, Shakira, when you take even the latest statistics of March or of during the Easter period until the 2nd, it is amazing to note that most of the accidents have been caused by the sedans, people in, in private vehicles. So who do we prioritize? Because there's been a notion in South Africa that says taxis are the major contributory factors when reality and statistics show otherwise. So the question is, what do you do first? And you'll agree with me that private vehicles are far higher in number as opposed to public transport. So if you deal with the, public tra- with the, with the private vehicles, you are touching plus or minus 60% of our, of our vehicle population on our roads. So we're saying somewhere we need to begin. But there's one thing that also South Africans must appreciate. Charity begins at home. In that notion, if we teach the public, the South Africans, and particular people who own private vehicles, we are reaching a particular number of the population. Granted, public transport accounts to plus or minus 67% of our commuting uh, communities. But in this instance, in relation to the child restraint seats, as well as taking care of the youth at the tender age, it was very critical to start with those children at that particular age. And then there's the question about um, meter taxis. And uh, we went out to speak to someone, our producer Ronald Peary did, and uh, this is what he came up with. The law is a little bit harsh because if somebody comes walking here with a child and you're not prepared, you don't have that car seat in you, and that person needs to go, and now you can't stop that person from going because you don't have a car seat. So it will create a big problem because you can end up not having customers because they will say no. Okay, now you can't tell me you can't take me now after so many years without a car seat and come and tell me a car seat, which means those clients or those people who come and take taxis, they must provide their own car seats wherever they're going to be fair with us. They must tell all those people who travel with keys that if you call a taxi or if you want to go and board a taxi, just get yourself a car seat. Because let's take, for instance, these 16-seater taxis. How are you going to fit that car seat in there? So the government must tell the individuals, the people outside, that please provide yourself car seats wherever you go with your kids, if they're less than three years. Otherwise, to me, it's not, it's not fair. They're just running out of ideas. And that's a meter taxi driver saying that the amendments to the National Road Traffic Act will be unfair and impractical to implement if the rules extend to meter taxis. So, Advocate Musibi, um, are meter taxis exempt?
Look, look, Shakira. Let me first comment on the on the issue that has been raised by the owner of the metatics of the of the metatics. It is precisely the attitude that we want to deal with, the attitude that needs to change the South Africans' thinking. If you are in business, in particular, those are private vehicles. If they have to cater for their clients, so be it. Because they are in business and the passengers are their, uh, their clients. We must draw a parallel between a 15-seater, a 22-seater, and a, and a meter taxi. Remember mm-hmm. the meter taxi, you, it takes a person one or two at a time. But that's a private vehicle. Yes, defined because it has either a chartered permit or it has a license as a meter taxi. But the association of meter taxis should also come to the party. It can't be government alone. And I uphold by the fact that um, they then say government must go and tell those people. Where do we partner? Because this is a partnership between government and South Africans. Can we clearly and really take responsibility as South Africans partner with our government, protect our nation, protect our youth, in particular the vulnerables, and ensure that as a country we're really moving forward. All right. Uh, going back to the messages, uh, quite a number of them um, upset about the fact that they can no longer give lifts to uh, family members and people with uh, children under the age of three. But let me read some of the messages. Uh, this one says, I suppose this means that mums can't carpool uh, to go anywhere in the same car with their children, but will always need to go in their separate cars. Another one, um, we in a third world uh, developing country, but here we go again with first world legislation. Another money-making scheme. It makes you think, doesn't it? Tidi in Matatiela says, I agree with the law, but what does the law say about vans that are being used as taxis? Another one, an ordinary five-seater won't cater anymore for a family with two children um, under the age of three. So is government prepared to address salary increments for the majority of African families so that they can buy seven-seater SUVs? And thirdly, now that this is law, Will taxis and buses have compulsory seats and when? That's from Tlo in Rustenburg. Another one says car seats, uh, this is a ridiculous law. It's collective punishment once again, an unworkable and impractical law. It is only going to enrich the cops yet again. And this one says SK, exempting taxis when they are involved in accidents too uh, makes no sense, but obviously they knew that the taxis would protest. Those are some of the messages. Carol, let me come to you before I get back to the advocate. What do you make of what people are saying? Sakina, what I'll say is, if we, in our research, most of the people who were not buckled, or a lot of the people who were not buckled up were smoking. It was, it's quite, I'd like a proper research study to, to be done. So I'm saying to people, if you can afford to smoke, or if you can afford to drink cool drinks, or drink alcohol, you can afford to actually buy a car seat for your child. So look at that. I like this in the Western Cape. At one stage, we're looking at charging parents for murder if their child was killed in, uh, by, by not being buckled up. I think that's very, very important. If you do not love your child, don't buckle them up. I agree with that man. Money that's collected. So I would say that, that you know, it is the driver's responsibility and legal obligation to ensure that all passengers, including children, are buckled up in a seatbelt or car safety seat. 
So I think that money, the money that is made from speeding fines, from not buckling up, from drink driving or anything, should be used by road safety. It should go to RTMC or to Department of Transport so that they can hire traffic officers to then enforce these rules. Um, it's not collective punishment. The punishment at the moment, what we've got to look at is the enormous burden on the health system. The, the doctors are not coping, the hospitals are not coping, nurses, paramedics are not coping at the number of trauma that is coming into the hospitals, and this is costing our country dearly. That money that is spent on, on rehabilitating people, on fixing them up, on burying them, on our wasted education when they did. That money could be used to go into better salaries, into, into better schools, better hospitals, making jobs for people. But we are just losing so much money because this is absolute road carnage. So I say to people, I instead of saying, I'm saying, say no to road carnage because this is road carnage. So say no to road carnage, say yes to seatbelts, and please, advocate in CB and traffic officers, say yes to enforcing this rule so that every time I'm with World Health, I'm not embarrassed by how badly South Africa is performing in enforcement. Mm. And here's another tweet here from um, Simpiwe Vulindlu who says, kids are transported mostly to schools via public transport and to exclude public transport defeats the good intentions. And um, uh, your response to uh, the questions about, you know, government subsidizing people to get bigger vehicles so that they can accommodate these seats and so on, advocate? Um, Shakira, I think as South Africans at some point, we need to applaud our government. Can you imagine if government was to subsidize everybody to buy a, a vehicle? What type of a country is, gonna be, is that going to be? When we are precisely saying, as South Africans, let's partner and ensure that we use the resources of government sparingly. Some of the interventions that we're coming with relate to, um, to the crashes. <laughs> and I'm very careful because Carol keeps on referring to the issue of the crashes vis-a-vis the accidents, but it's, it's neither here nor there. I'll deal with that. But the point that we're getting to is the fact that what causes the state um, so much in the fiscals? Hospitals can no longer cope with the trauma, with the, with the crashes that we have, and the pressure on our doctors that we're putting. And we're saying, in assisting the government to ensure that the country can cater for everybody, we ourselves have a responsibility to take, and we need to ensure that we effectively partner with government where it matters most. And road crashes are nothing else but the attitude of the South Africans. Road crashes are nothing else but the behavior on the shared space. It's not government that drives on our, on our, on our roads. We private individuals, we citizens of the country, if we can take responsibility from today, I can assure you that we can reduce by half the road fatalities as well as the crashes that we have on our road. And Advocate Msibi, will this mean that uh, the testing, will this uh, come through in testing when people actually go and take their driver's license test? Will they be tested on how to actually fit a car seat? Well, Shakira, we are raising a fundamental point. We believe 
as the Road Traffic Management Corporation that the time has come that we must also review the K53. Let us not only focus on the rules, but also let's focus on the road safety so that each and every South African understands what road safety is. And indeed, we're making strides with the Department of Education where we want the road safety to be inculcated into the curriculum of our schools. We're calling the churches to partner with us to talk to their congregations how do we institutionalize road safety because this is about road safety. And if, if all of us and all the stakeholders and all the CBOs in the country can work closely with government, we are destined to win this battle. It's not a mammoth task. It's not a battle that we can win. It's a battle that can be won when everybody can take responsibility. Mm, okay. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for. A last comment here from Superbeans80 who says, what causes the state so much money on accidents is poor driving and poor implementation of the current rules. So, uh, you know, that's a parting comment there. But uh, thank you so much uh, to our guests this morning um, uh, for sharing your views with us. And of course, uh, the comments are still streaming in. So you can go to our website, www.safm.co.za to have a look. But thanks, uh, to our guest this morning, Advocate Makosini Msibi, CEO of the Road Traffic Management uh, Corporation, and also Carol Smith, who is uh, from South Africans Against Drunk Driving.